Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Sacred Arts, where we discuss all things from the practical to the sacred. Today, I have a very special guest, my dear friend, Jen Morse. Jen is a multifaceted coach and third-generation healer and polyvagal-informed nervous system expert with a passion for achieving balance in today's fast-paced world. Having overcome dyslexia, ADHD, a traumatic brain injury, and panic attacks in her youth, she embarked on a healing journey and later became a coach and practitioner to share her findings. Over the past decade, she has assisted numerous artists, solopreneurs, healers, and creators in launching and building businesses while working with business owners, CEOs, and leaders to manage stress and nervous system. Overwhelmed through her coaching approach involving nervous system recalibration, drawing on ancient wisdom, modern science, and psychology to provide holistic solutions for optimal well-being and performance. Welcome, Jen. Thank you. It's so, it's, it's so fun to hear the words, you know, written down and spoken out. <laughs> it, isn't it? I'm it's, like, oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, you, you're clearly a um, manifesting generator with that mm -hmm. kind of bio. I'm so excited to be here with you in person yeah. um, to have this conversation. And so for our audience, I just want to let you guys know that our conversation today is going to center around tower moments, because I know we're all going through it as a collective. We are all in this wonderful mm. winter cycle. And so we want to kick this off by maybe talking a little bit around how do you know you're in a tower moment? Like, mm -hmm. can you give us like a little bit of insight on that? Yeah. And the first thing that comes to mind is what is a tower moment? Mm. For anyone that doesn't know the tarot, <laughs> which might be, might be a handful of people here. Um, a tower moment is a can. I like to think of it as akin to a Phoenix rising moment, mm. right? Where at the whole tower that you have built, Something about it, you know, whether it's even a bit, a slight foundational crack or a big foundational crack is causing this total fall of the whole thing. Everything you've built can feel like it's just being wiped away, mm -hmm. just like the Phoenix to the ashes. Right. So it's like everything is just having a chance to die. And this is like what we call, we were talking about winter cycles and death portals and you know, tower moment is part of that where everything that you've built and your ego becomes attached to and you love and you, you know, it holds you in a certain, certain way, it starts to fall. Yeah. And in these moments, and I know we'll get into like some examples, which I think will be helpful, but in these moments, you can, it can feel really lonely, you oh know, gosh, yeah. but they're so necessary. So the tower moment is the precursor to rebirth and actually even a, a finalization of, of something even greater and something that you've been desiring all along yeah. in a, in a brighter, more aligned, stronger, more integrous form. Yeah. So when I hear this, I often go back to my own tower moments, right? How do you, cause when things are falling away, when things are dying, right, we have this visceral effect of like, Oh, how do I prevent this from happening? How do I keep on this path? How do I keep everything intact? Everything that I work so hard for, mm. how do you sort of let it happen? Because we all know that tower moments need to happen in order to make room for whatever's coming in the spring mm -hmm. or what's ever coming on the horizon. Yeah. Yeah, so what do you think on that? Yeah, is is really one of the biggest things. But I mean, I can I can speak to when I so I'm a stubborn person, <laughs> as open minded as I am. Like my ego can be can be rigid at times and stubborn and, and like I don't want to be a quitter. Yeah, I don't want to let go of everything I've built and all my investments. You know, within whatever it is—a relationship or a project or a business or whatever it is, right? Like, I there's there's pieces inside of me that really put my hooves down <laughs> and say, "Girl, just keep going. You got to keep going. You got to keep pushing through." And I think that's a something 
that we don't often talk about is the nuance of pushing through first, pushing through just to do it. Yeah. Just because you don't want to be a quitter, that's not a good enough reason. Yeah. Versus pushing through because you see, you know what? I've been kind of uh, atrophied in this one way. Like maybe, maybe I tend to collapse a lot under stress or, or when I'm getting close to reaching a goal, I kind of self-sabotage myself because I'm afraid of success or, you know, like there can be both things at play, but you kind of have to recognize mm-hmm. what is, what is the driving force? Who's in the driver's seat of your mm-hmm. decision-making? Is it the fear or is it the love, right? Yeah. Is it, is it the truth or is it the trauma mm-hmm. that's driving that car and that decision to keep going? Because you're going to hit resistance in life, no matter if it's aligned or unaligned. Yeah. Right. So I think that the tower moment kind of invites us into a more nuanced discussion with ourselves around, is this something, it's not just a yes or no, or like I'm quitting or I'm self-sabotaging. Yeah. It's more like, can we also zoom out at the, like the eagle eye perspective of our life and see where am I really at in this cycle of my life? Yeah. How do I take care of myself? Like what's really going on? Maybe all my dreams and hopes are not dying right now, but they're having to hibernate for a period of time or shift or transform. Mm. And there's a waiting period, right? Or there's a period where you're directed to go over here. Or if it's a relationship, for instance, you know, that that is meant to die and, and end, Maybe that's, maybe it's not like that your dream of, you know, a romantic partnership, you know, or having a marriage is actually done. It's just going to be with someone else Mm -hmm. or potentially with that person, but the, but you guys have to go through a death cycle in order for that, what you really want to be born. Yeah. I often think of like the law of attraction where you have to make room for what you want to call in. If you, if you don't have any room for it, how are you going to receive it? Right. Yes. Yes. And we get, and we get attached like in our lives, you know, like when you've invested that much into a relationship or a project uh, or a career path, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's like, we don't, we want to, we, I mean, we're creatures of control. We want to control things, yeah. right? So the idea of just like letting go yeah. <laughs> of all that, you know, of all that hard work. But the funny thing is like when you do start mm-hmm. to let go and slow down and become more in the present moment, like, you, you will be shown, and this is like part of intuition too, is like you will be shown the next step, the next step, the next mm-hmm. step, but you can't be disassociated and on autopilot and only living from a plan that you drew mm-hmm. up five years ago. Like mm-hmm. you actually have to be in the moment. Yeah. So like, we we love the mind is beautiful but it can our our structures of how mm-hmm. and like how we're going to do this how we're going to achieve something how we're going to you know climb that ladder or move towards you know our our ideal lifestyle our ideal version of what success means it's like we also have to let some of that the mental attachment yeah. go as we, as we step into the present moment and see what our soul and our relationships and our body specifically, like our nervous system, mm. what can it handle? And I do this all the time. I'm like, I bypass my nervous system and my body mm. in order to achieve a goal Yeah. when I'm not listening. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, well, I should be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Other people do that. So why can't I do it? And then I end up burnt out because I'm not listening to the present moment and what I need. Yeah. There's so much magic in what you just said. Do you have any specific stories that you can share with our listeners that Mm. can kind of illustrate some of this? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I am, 
I'm thinking, let me see. Um, like, I mean, even this is a, this is a small example, but like I was, this was maybe a year, not less than a year ago. I was, I was coming up a roadblock in my business and I just kept getting the message pull back, mm. pull back. And I was like, I can't pull back. Like I need to keep going like this thing. Like I need to keep my business alive. I need to keep like working on the projects, taking the steps day by day steps. So I was like, what if I pulled back like 30%? What if I like took an extra day off per week and then like half a day here mm -hmm. and there and also like still was putting some input in, mm -hmm. but having more capacity to meet life and say yes to the actual things in my sphere yeah. that I want to say yes to. And that, that, so I'm not repelling them. So I took a month to do this. I was like, okay, I'm going to like, why not? Like things aren't working now. I'm just getting stressed out. Like I'll just pull back and see what happens. And then all of this beautiful stuff happened. I met this point, like I hosted this, this amazing event in my backyard and met all these people and met this woman who introduced me to um, this group that she was starting. I got to lecture in front of all these, you know, CEOs and do this. Like it was just, it led to this beautiful thing. And that relationship is still unfolding to this day in a really powerful way. And it, it was all, it was helping my business, but I didn't know how to find her to, do this thing and, 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 you know, do these workshops and lectures for this specific group of people. Like if I tried to plan that out, I mean, I can't, Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I had to like open up and just be like, Oh, okay. So this person needs a venue for mm -hmm. this event. I have an amazing backyard in LA at the time. I should just open it up where normally I'd be like, well, I have work to do or mm -hmm. I'm too tired to like host something like that. And I said, yes, instead, because I was experimenting mm -hmm. with this. I was like, yeah, okay, come on over. And then in that session, you know, like I, I was so present. I was able to meet people on a very present level. Can you imagine all the connections that you don't make because you're not present? Mm, yeah, I think about that a lot. <laughs> and you're like chasing your dreams, but you're mm -hmm. actually pushing them away. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's like a an illustration of of something I played with. You know, mm. and I have been thinking about. I love recently. that. Um, it sounds like you also like you know went deep into your intuition, and you know just the the mere act of pulling back or like cutting back thirty percent that is a form of like becoming still yeah like trying to go inward feeling out what's like what's the next step because we're we're so on autopilot like how can i control this how can i prevent this from happening oh shit everything is like falling apart how do i keep it all together but sometimes we have to let it go yeah. let it fall apart and be very still right i like i like the um, analogy of like winter and being in that winter cycle, because in winter, in fall, what you essentially do is you harvest everything that you have, you know, gone after everything, that, all the seeds that you've planted, you're harvesting and then you're putting it away for winter. So that way in winter, you're able to sit still and not have to like chase after all these things and know that things are going to die and know that things are going to fall away with this, mm -hmm. like, idea of surrender because spring is going to come spring is on the horizon yeah right it's so beautiful to lean into nature in that way mm -hmm. and, and we live in a society especially in america and the western world where we don't have a winter technically like you're supposed to be productive every quarter of the year you're mm -hmm. supposed to, you're supposed to hit kpis you know like <laughs> like this is this is just how our economy is built and our society is built yeah. around that. And like, you know, it's not like, Oh, don't worry about that for this quarter. Just like ride it out and go into your winter phase. And like, let's not make money, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. So it's not 
it's not our fault entirely, you know, like that as individuals, we neglect the rest period because the rest period is not rewarded or it actually is shamed to some extent. Um, but if we can lean into nature and be like, we are a part of nature. Yeah. Nature every year. Is there, has there been a year where winter didn't come? Right. Has there been a year when spring didn't come? No. <laughs> has there been a year when, you know, or a day when the sun didn't rise? No. Right. You know? So it's like, unless you're in Alaska, I mean, that's a different story. But you know, it's it, it happens the same every year, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> but very, um, it can be very potent to remind us of the the truth of who we are yeah. outside of social constructs if we look to nature. Yeah, it's, I mean, everything is cyclical, right? Everything from our bodies as women, right? Mm -hmm. We have our cycle, our monthly cycle, um, which coincidentally, like, or maybe not coincidentally, matches with the moon cycle, right? Nature, Mother Nature has her own cycles. We call it winter, spring, fall, summer, um, and even like our stock market has a cycle, mm. crypto has a cycle, like, um, our businesses have a cycle. Right. And so, uh, really leaning into that and knowing that when we are in tower moments, when we are in a winter cycle, kind of taking a step back, like you said before, and really like identifying, like, where am I at in this cycle? You had mentioned something in our previous conversation outside of this conversation about being in a seven year cycle. Mm -hmm. Right. And I had, I had forgotten about that yeah. until you mentioned it like, Oh yeah. Where am I in my, in my seven year cycle? Because there are some key things that happen within that yeah. as well. And so however you track this, um, your own life or your own kind of situations, whether it's the love life, the finances, the career, the building, the business, it's really important to kind of understand, okay, what are, what are the big pivotal moments in those cycles? And then how do I kind of, what do I need to do in order to take care of myself during those big pivotal moments? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, it's also, and th this kind of leads us into intuition mm -hmm. too, because the intuition will take care of you, but also you have to take care of you. Yeah. So it's like you are being guided, but not always what you are being guided to will be something you like in that moment. Mm -hmm. It may not be tasty. Like those bitter greens are bitter, but they're medicine for you. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I have lots of moments in, in my life where it's like, you know, I was guided to go to this place and meet these people. And then all of a sudden I was betrayed or stolen from, or some, you know, like an illness happened or something happened. And I'm like, I followed my intuition here why did I end up here why is I thought my intuition was supposed to lead me to rainbows and sunshine like what's up <laughs> right but it actually is teaching us to take care of ourselves on a such a deeper level it's a tower moment like it brings the, the intuition actually will bring you to tower moments and so will life so like you can't really escape it like either way you're going to hit a tower moment whether you're following your intuition or you're not you're shutting down, right? Like it doesn't matter either way. You're going to get there. So you might as well, like the intuition is actually a shorter path. If you, if you stick with it and you're present, you follow it. So it, but it teaches us how to care for ourselves in the moment. So we become stronger. We may become more sovereign within ourselves. And we learn these tools and these skills of like, wow, I'm, I had no idea this was part of the human condition. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess we're doing this. And, and like, it, then it connects you to the whole in such a different way mm -hmm. because you can understand the breadth of human experience in such a, a such a more powerful, nuanced way and be able to be a leader in a, in yeah. a, in a more powerful way. 
It's so interesting because you had asked me the question of, you know, are there times where the, your intuition has led you to tower moments, right? And to um, just kind of um, give an example based on what you just said, I just recently had an aha moment myself because you might be asking for guidance. So last year when I did my vision board on it, the way that I do my vision boards is I have it sectioned off into different categories. So I have like spirituality, I have career, I have money, I have family, my love life, you know, my home life. And in there, I also had health. Mm. And part of my health, I also was asking to heal the things that I needed to heal. I had rainbow medicine on there because I mm. pulled from a deck and it ha- I had pulled rainbow medicine. I said, okay, we're going to slap that on there. I, in, in my spirituality corner, I put something like, um, I want to be closer to my spirit guides. Mm-hmm. I want to have a relationship with my grandmother mm-hmm. on the other side. I want to be able to really hone in on my power. Now I'm asking for all of these things. And every time we ask for something, every single prayer gets answered. Sometimes the answer is no, right? (laughs) But it's answered. Yeah. Right. And so I had found this woman last year that all of a sudden I had realized throughout the year, I, I went into this year long program. I had, you know, I had a deeper connection with my spirit guides. My health was repaired. I no longer have yeah. this back issue. I no longer have these um, these ailments. I no longer have fibromyalgia. I had, um, and part of her program was around rainbow medicine. <clears throat> and so it was everything that I had asked for. And then, but it wasn't perfect. It wasn't perfect because she showed me her human side. It felt very culty. It felt very like this is not the type of leader that I want to be in. Mm. But what I got from from my own intuition is I got what I needed out of this. It doesn't mean that I have to follow this person for my entire life. It doesn't mean that I have to be in this program for the five years that she says is, you know, is needed. I actually hit every single thing on my board But there were some very deep wounds that were Mm. touched with her leadership. There were some very, there was some scar tissue that was like reopened. And there were a lot of tower moments in this Mm. year long program where I was like, this is absolutely not what I signed up for. But then on the flip side, when I look at the program and I look at what I gained out of it, it was absolutely everything that I had asked for. I love that example. It's so, it's so human, right? It's just like, we get to, we get to experience these things. And it was, like you said, it was something that you actually, and now that you go back to your vision board, you're like, oh, wow, everything I asked for was in that program, plus more, (laughs) right? And the plus more is like, I, I see it as this, this beautiful learning of, discernment discernment has been like Mm -hmm. one of the biggest learnings for me and probably will continue to be throughout my life and being able to accept gifts from this person or this program or this job or this relationship being able to accept those gifts and those learnings and then know that you have to walk away Mm -hmm. and be like this was exactly the, the amount of time I needed with this yeah. and not trying to stay overstay. Yeah. Right. Like, and, and I know myself and many people and clients I talk to is like, we want to overstay something because we, we see the lessons and the gifts and the blessings and we see, mm-hmm. you know, the, the light of it. But then there's this other side of discernment. That's like, Oh, this part is fundamentally not resonating. Mm-hmm. And is not right for me. And I know that in the way that I'm I'm meant to grow. And it's okay to let go of it. It's yeah. okay to learn not to idolize people and like put them on pedestals. Mm-hmm. And then it hurts everyone. They fall. I had a moment like this one of my cl- like clients not too not too long ago. I was like, you know, please don't because I'm out there. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm on social media. I'm posting emails a lot. I'm like, oh, you yeah. know, doing all these things, which 
sometimes I don't realize builds a certain, you know, I don't know the image to the effect that other people project onto me. And there was this moment where I disappointed somebody because Mm. they had put me on this pedestal and they wanted me to save them. Actually, they wanted me to give them something they thought I could just wave a wand and like give them this thing. And, and I was like, yeah, it just it just brought me back to reminding myself to share more vulnerable sides as well. Yeah. And and really, and I do encourage this with all my clients, like you are the leader in this conversation. Like, oh, yeah. this is you. This is like, I'm here to mirror you. I'm here to guide you, to hold space. But like, I am not the guru. I am not the one who knows everything. Like, this is just this is for you. Yeah. Um, so if something doesn't feel right and doesn't resonate in you, let's, let's open that up and you know, you get, you get full, you have full sovereignty here. I love that. Yeah. That's perfect because going through that program really not just taught me a lot about my own boundaries, Mm -hmm. but also about idealization. And it's like, you know, we're all human. We're all spirits having this human experience we're all going to disappoint each other at some point or another. So understanding our boundaries, understanding that you're going to see each other in all of your humanness and taking what resonates, taking what is helping you, taking the lessons. And it's about not expecting perfection or it to be super easy because we did decide to come into this world to learn and to grow And if it's all easy and if it's all like super smooth, do we really have an opportunity for exponential growth? Yeah. Right. It really, what's coming into my ears, my my grandma and what she, what she had said at one point that really stuck with me is she's like, Jen, and it was kind of hard to hear. She was like, Jen, everyone in your life will disappoint you at some point. Yeah. And she's like, chills. Yeah. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, she's like, you don't hang your hat on those. Like it's you and God. She was, she was loved the term God, but spirit universe, you know, it, that's, that's the relationship, Mm. which is essentially the relationship to yourself. Right. So then you, then everything else is a bonus. No one's disappointing you because that's the primary relationship. Yeah. And you're not hanging your hat or your expectations on other people to give you that, that light, that connection to source. It's so true. And yet I'm going to give a really quick example. Mm. Like, so last night I hosted some family members and I was so triggered. I was so triggered and I was back in my ego and I had to step out and remind myself of my own sovereignty. And then, you know, it's something that I talk about a lot in boundaries where it's like, Mm okay, can I accept this person for where they are at developmentally? Like I can't sit here and preach and try to change their mind. And that alone was like, okay. And I just quickly cut cords and I was back in in my Mm. body, back into, you know, walking in right way with myself. Mm. And it takes practice. We're not saying that you're not going to get triggered. We're not saying that things are going to get easier you might even get triggered even more because I'm like, okay, she's showing me something right now. What is it? (laughs) I need, you know, there's something that's still unhealed here. And I'm like, okay, well, let me just send love to this. Thank you for showing me this. And let me just cut cords. And, you know, I'm, I, I'm not, I'm not here to teach. I'm here to just have fun and move on with the night and not hold on to this before I would have gone down the rabbit hole. I would have tried to preach. I would have tried to change minds and there would have been a lot of tension. Whereas when you start to kind of have this relationship with source, have this relationship with God to yourself, to higher self or whatever you want to call it, you start to really make that the priority and knowing that everybody's going to disappoint you, knowing that everybody's at a different developmental stage in their lives and that we don't necessarily have to change minds like that really shifts the energy. Oh my God. And 
Anyone that has not taken Jazzy's boundary <laughs> class, you need to get on the list. Thank you. Uh, by the way, so I took it and I was blown away and I learned so much. And that was one of the things that has been so helpful for me is just simply recognizing developmental stages mm-hmm. and letting go of trying to change people and, and, you know, say it's a savior complex, really. It's yeah. like, I want to save you. I want to help you. I know the steps you need to take. Like, let's go. Let's uh, like, why don't you listening to me? Yeah, or even <laughs> you know? just ego, like, no, no, this, this is what I know. And so you yeah. have to believe that as well. It's like, like no, everybody has different realities. So. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. That's been so helpful to me personally to yeah. like have that frame and, and at the same time, like you get to choose who's in, who you spend your time with, right? And not to say like, and how how much time you spend yeah. in, you know, like these energies. And I think it's it's so it's so powerful to just if you can use that recognition of, oh, they're in this stage, mm-hmm. and I'm not better than them. I'm not further. It's it's not this like linear thing where it's like oh, well, they're way behind me and like X, Y, Z. It's just like having compassion. Yeah. Because likely you've been there too. Yeah. And and just be like, okay. Totally. Here we are. Yeah, I love that. You know, we're, we, I think we're talking a lot about like going internally and listening to ourselves and kind of tapping into our intuition. Can you tell us about like, when you first started to listen mm. to your own inner being and how are you able to develop that so that you're, you're now really like your, your ear is really close to mm. your heart, if you will. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, Oh man, this is a story. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, I mean, we all have it when we're born mm-hmm. and then we lose it. Yeah. So we have to like come home to it again. Initially, I came home to it through my art. So I was an artist and trained in that, you know, I went to school for art and it was what I didn't, what I didn't realize at the time, but like, it was my outlet for, to find spirit source to listen. And I didn't, um, there was also a lot of like unawareness around that and disassociation and angst and, you know, the whole starving artist, you know, vibe. Mm-hmm. But it was a way that I was seeking to you to tap into my natural instincts and my intuition. Because when you're in that flow state, you are, you're connected, right? So when you're in a painting or you're or you're in a photo shoot and you know, like you're in that flow state, you are connected to source um, when you can get outside of your mind. And then it brought me, you know, my body is very um (laughs) vocal (laughs) in in that like i can't get away with too much for too long Mm. without health effects happening yeah so like for my big tower moment that happened seven years ago so i'm at the end of a seven year cycle and this is probably one of the biggest seven year cycles in my life like the most, like so much has happened and it was dramatic kind of in the beginning. And, and I'm in another tower moment right now too. I'm like, Oh my God. But the beginning of that was, you know, losing everything. Like I, it was a six year relationship that ended and my body was telling me stop, but I wasn't listening. Mm -hmm. And, and spirit was coming because every six months through that relationship, I would be told, you got to go. You got to end this. Who got to get chills. And then I would have a conversation with my partner who would gaslight me and manipulate me and, mm-hmm. you know, all these things. And I'd be like, that was crazy of me to think I would leave. And then another six months go by and nothing gets resolved. And I'm still there. But and then the voice comes back again. Like, you got to, something's got to change. Mm-hmm. I got three concussions during that time. Like if spirit wasn't trying to show me something, literally knocking me out. (laughs) I mean, it was, but I was so, I was unable 
and that and that's why you know like in my business programs and stuff i'm really passionate about helping other specifically women and Mm -hmm. you know other entrepreneurs and healers to become financially independent and like because i was so stuck Mm. in that relationship because of perceived lack of freedom and not being able to um yeah move financially Mm. so that that was super super hard you know like it's like one thing if i had like a ton of money in the bank and i could just like pop out of the relationship and you know but that's a huge it's a real barrier for so many people you know so anyway i finally it got to a point where it was didn't matter Mm-hmm. And when, when it gets to a point when money doesn't matter, it's when your health matters. Yeah. Right. So spirit's smart. So it's like, okay, she's not listening to any of these messages. She's not going to go forward with this. So we're going to make her sick. Mm-hmm. We're going to make her so depressed. We're going to, uh, you know, like have her uh, just feel all of these dissociative qualities. We're going to have her just like be so unwell that she has to get out. Mm. up here and then i did and as soon as i left the day i left i had i had this huge shot of kundalini go up my spine and i was like it was like i'm back i was so happy i was so happy i was so i i mean i was so fearful of all the pain of a breakup and of a breakup of that Mm -hmm. magnitude because our finances were intertwined. We owned a house together. We owned a business together. We owned cars together. You know, our communities were interwoven. So when I left that, I left my house. I left my job. I left the business we built together. I left the cars, the community. Wow. Talk about a tower moment. Everything. And and then you really get to just be like, here I am. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> I don't know what to do with this, but I'm here. And you know what is so cool? That means you're present. Yeah. There's nothing else to do but be present in that moment. It also sounds like you had a major soul retrieval. Yeah. Oh, yeah. staying in a situation like that is such a major loss of soul. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was. And it was like... My relation and I, we were talking about this earlier, like after, right during that period of that breakup happening and that breakdown and kind of losing everything, that major tower moment for me, which was seven years ago, mm. um, I had a Kundalini awakening, like a, at a yoga retreat that was so profound, you know, like, and this is like what they say when you hit rock bottom, like, you know, you find God. And Mm -hmm. hopefully you don't have to hit rock bottom in order to do that. But I'm one of those people that does need that apparently or didn't need that at the time, not moving forward. Um, And yeah, so I had, I was on this, you know, yoga retreat and had this profound Kundalini awakening where I had to leave the space, leave the studio, crawl out on hands and knees had a full-blown awakening process on the grass where I was convulsing. I was speaking in tongues. God was speaking through me. There were butterflies around. There were deer. And I mean, this is like something that people would hospitalize you for, right? If anyone were to be there. But no one was there. It was just me and nature outside. And And I got the message like, why aren't you listening to me? Why aren't you listening to God? Why aren't you listening to spirit? start to do that you got to listen to yourself you got to listen to this voice and after that moment i mean i've never felt such energy move through my body Mm. it was like a fire hose of just pure bliss and cleansing and i remember walking around afterwards and and i was like all disheveled and my sweaty and probably makeup all over the place and people like you're so beautiful. You look so radiant. And I was like, I look like I'm a mess, but I feel amazing. And that really reset my connection to intuition. Coming back to your question is like that. And that led me on my a deeper on my spiritual path and on my journey to become a healer and a coach. 
and and a teacher and a guide you know like it really that was the one of the most pivotal moments of that and it was it was teaching me like why are you listening to all the noise just come back here come back here and if we have to shake you up and take away everything we'll do that but this is the truth yeah so that was my reconnection to intuition uh, Uh, seven years ago I love that story because I feel like so many people will be able to identify with that on some level. I know that I do. I had very similar story where I was in a relationship where I wasn't listening to it. I was getting sicker and sicker. And I know a few people out there where they were not listening to their bodies or listening to their intuition. I I remember this one lady once told me that she actually went deaf in one ear and it wasn't until she tapped back into her intuition where, that she got her hearing back. Mm. And so it's so true that if you're feeling ailments, if you're feeling something in your gut, if you're feeling, um, you know, headaches, whatever the case may be, it's time to tap back in and go deep within. Now, I know you and I both get this question a lot from clients on like, how do you develop your intuition? How do you know? How do you know? What do you yeah. what do you say to that? Yeah. Um, so this is kind of where nervous system uh, regulation and polyvagal theory can help us in, mm-hmm. in this understanding in a more practical way is just learning learning your states for one. Like, are you in fight? Are you in flight? Are you in dorsal shutdown freeze state? Where do you tend to go? What do mm-hmm. those feel like in your body? What does it feel like when you're regulated in your ventral vagal state mm-hmm. in that rest and digest state? What does that feel like? Mm-hmm. So the closer we start to observe and notice the subtle physiological sensations in our bodies, we can understand where we're at at any given time, mm-hmm. which is really important, especially for intuition. Because if you're dysregulated, you're not, you're not listening to intuition. If you're in a fight or flight, ah, that is not, intuition will not speak through you. Mm-hmm. If you can do breath work, yoga, bring yourself to a center meditation, bring yourself to a centered place where you even have like a minute of regulation, that's when you can listen and intuition will come through. Mm-hmm. So I think people get it, get it confused in that step. Like we can go deeper into it, but in the primary step, if you're acting, if you're in a fear-based state, a survival-based state, mobilized state or shutdown state of fight, flight, freeze, you're not getting clear messages. Mm-hmm. So you have to slow down. Mm-hmm. You have to rest, even if it's for five minutes, an hour, a day, a month, whatever it is. Like you have to slow down because then intuition can speak through you. Mm-hmm. And that's when you'll know, right? Like you'll know in your gut and you'll feel a lightness. Like I like to say, you know, I like to do this exercise with clients of like, okay, let's let's get into a, a ventral vagal or parasympathetic state. Mm-hmm. You're really calm. And now let's ask uh, your intuition to show us what does a yes look like in my body? Mm-hmm. And then a lot of people will say, oh, it's in my heart or it's in my in my nose and as there's this tingling and I kind of want to move forward it's this leaning forward it's this expansive motion and then the nose what does a no feel like in my body and it, it's usually in the gut mm. or in the shoulders too mm. like this kind of curling retracting moving back and sinking type of feeling mm. so it's kind of beautiful because we have if we can listen to our body mm-hmm. which it's funny because in some spirituality circles, like the body doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Like we are just spirits, you know, like, and, and the body's kind of a nuisance and, and it's very common to, to bypass mm-hmm. this aspect of reality, which is the body mm-hmm. um, in order to seek God or uh, enlightenment or all of these things is like, let's leave the body behind. But it's actually like, the primary vehicle and temple in which we you in which intuition comes through us so we need to learn to listen to it a hundred percent i love your description on this or the way that you coach on this because 
I absolutely agree because I went through all of that in understanding my states, mm-hmm. but I was in such a fight or flight mode. I was in survival mode for so long that when I came out of survival mode, I, it felt so weird. And so like I was on a different planet that I would trigger myself to go back into survival mode immediately. And so then practicing coming out of survival mode through breath work really, really allowed Mm -hmm. me to kind of feel that. And And I would do that over and over again so that I could feel what it would be like to be in that, in, in that executive brain as they call it. Right. Um, And now really starting to understand my survival states or my emotional state has also helped me to dig in deeper. Right. Like, is this emotional, is this emotion actually mine? Like just asking that question Mm -hmm. and seeing what comes up has allowed me to develop it even further because for the longest time I was absorbing like a little sponge, everyone else's stuff. Yeah. And I was counting it as my own. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that those have been some of some of my experiences. And then the last thing I'll say to that, I think what you just pointed out on the state that you're in is the number one key thing. And also understanding what emotions are yours and what is other people's. And then on top of that, the one thing that I really, really needed to work on, which I did, and then my intuition really kind of Mm. snapped on was trusting myself. Yeah. Oh yeah. Trust, not just in the, in what, what is happening or surrendering order, but trusting who I am, trusting that what I am receiving actually is what I was receiving. So I would do little tests or like little experiments around like, okay, let me tap into my intuition and see what would be like the most nourishing thing for me today. Mm -hmm. And that's how I would pick my foods. Mm. And so practicing surrender and practicing trust around that. Like, I really don't want fish today. Like, am I sure that this is what I need? And the answer would be yes. It's like, and then it was like the most delicious meal that I didn't even like imagine or whatever the case may be. Um, I love to drink teas and I have like this collection of teas. And so I would go and, and like go into my inner being and look into my intuition. Like what's the best tea for me right now in this mm. moment? Is it for my best and highest to even have tea right now? Yeah. Right. And yeah. just having those little tests around, like, is it for my best and highest to wear this? Like, do I go with like this side of my closet or this side of my closet? Okay. It's the right side. Okay. What is for my best and highest today? Mm-hmm. Cause maybe I'm going to wear a shirt yeah. today that someone else has in their closet. And that turns out to be a new client or I yeah. get to go on their podcast or, you know, there is a new friendship there mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. So mm-hmm. those are some ways that I like to kind of play with intuition because yes. when you when you want to go into intuition, you want to do it for the bigger things in life. <laughs> and it's kind of like, no, 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 wait, we have, we have to crawl before we, we can walk. And then we have to walk before we can run. <laughs> Absolutely. We have to run before we can run a marathon. So um, doing those little practices, I think, has helped me to fortify and really build my own trust. Like, yeah, that worked out. And this is how my body feels when it's, it is a yes. Yes. Like there's this visceral reaction, which it is a no. And I'm still working on the maybes because the maybes is Mm. kind of like weird, but yeah, it's a continuous practice. I love the food analogy. It's so, it's so, it's such a perfect place to start with this and return to, because now like I'm in the end of a seven year cycle and I'm like, oh, I need to like, I'm also being humbled and like coming back to the things that I first learned in a newer way. Yeah. Um, but the, the, I, I mean, I have done this and I still do this, which is I should have matcha today because it's really good for my, you know, the antioxidants and it's, you know, it's going to help flush the system and it's going to boost my energy and it's not going to peak and crash. And I should have matcha every time I'm using the word should that's not intuition. Mm -hmm. That's someone else's idea, or it's my idea from the past. Mm -hmm. It's a past thing that you're trying to copy and paste onto a present moment because you do not want to be present in that moment because maybe there's stuff in your body 
that does not feel comfortable, mm-hmm. right? So somatic, ex- we were talking about this earlier, somatic experiencing and emotional processing and release work are so important on this journey of intuition as well, because you have to be clear to be present. You have to presence and bring forth what is currently in your system. And that might be grief. That might be sadness. That might be anger. Yeah. And we know it's there, but we'd want to ignore it. Right. (laughs) We're like, I just feel safe and feels, you know, it can be a fear of going in a spiral with it, but that is that is also part of this is like when you hear the shoulds it's like you're not being present yeah right and then if you're not being present is it because there's pain and something inside of you that you are afraid to be present to a hundred percent a hundred percent uh i feel like we can talk forever (laughs) it's true we can um we're going to wrap up, you know, maybe we can do this again, you know, um, in the future, but I would really love, um, to hear about any upcoming events, any, Mm. anything you have going on that you want to let our listeners know about. Yeah. Well, I'm really excited about these connection ritual ceremonies that I am. I just moved to Ojai, California. So anyone near the Ojai area, shout out, let me know. And I would love to say hi. I am going to be, uh, I'm setting up the space where I'm at now, which is a 360 degree view of mountains, by the way, in the valley, um, under this eucalyptus tree to be a ceremonial space. And I've done ceremonies in many other places, but this is a very special place. So I'm going to be doing these connection rituals and taking people through what we're talking about, which is that processing, like clearing out all of those things that that need to be moved in order to reach clarity and harmony and bring back into alignment with self Mm. and understand what those next steps are right and come back into unison with nature and those slower paces so we're going to be doing this in nature um so i'm really excited i'm really excited about those sessions and and i have um my energy healing and channeling sessions as well and I have a business uh, business program for therapists, coaches, and healers where I'm, I'm mentoring mm. uh, through the through the business building process. I highly recommend it. I went through the program myself and have made a lot of changes in my own business because of it, and has really helped me in in alignment. So thank you, Jen, for yeah. sharing that. I'm so excited for your ceremonies. I will likely be signing up for one of those. <laughs> And, um, yeah, I will also be linking her website, her Instagram, please give her a follow and also let us know what you thought about this episode. Any aha moments down below. It does help us, um, reach more people that need these kind of conversations. Give us a like, and also subscribe to the channel. We will see you all next week. Bye.